Today, on this episode of Going Deeper, we are going to be talking about active faith in the Old Testament and how that plays out into our lives still today. We're also going to be talking about the land distribution for the 12 tribes of Israel and some interesting threads that start to show up and how they begin to complete the story and and tie the story, bringing Abraham's covenant uh, with God through into the fruition of, or God's hopeful fruition of, the Israelites taking the land. I am your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Marie Burns. I'm Becky Clark. And we will get into this in just a second. So this week, <laughs> gosh, y'all are, man, we're right. sharing this week. We're <clears throat> teaching together. We are team teaching. We are team teaching. There will be songs, dances, liturgical dancing. <laughs> no, there will be I'm none of those things. I'm kind of afraid <laughs> of liturgical dancing. True. Well, so, so this true. these chapters can be kind of dry. That's why Becky has her water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it. This well water bottle. This, these chapters can be a little dry to just the casual reader. And so we thought in the beginning when we were going through the book, it's not fair for one of us to have to take such dry chapters and try to make them interesting. We got to do this together. We're in it together. But now I will say, and just like with Leviticus, I have a new appreciation mm-hmm. for what was once viewed and still honestly kind of is dry. Mm-hmm. I have a new appreciation for it. Well, you can get bogged down. <laughs> you can get very bogged down in the boundaries and the cities and the things and the stuff that you've never heard of mm-hmm. and really can't even find on a map uh, of the Holy Land. So and how many chapters is this? So we're covering chapter 13 through 19, which is... It sounds like a lot, but really... Yeah, it, it really does. And Six, when y'all said 13 seven, through 19, seven. I got to admit I was a little skeptical that it could be done. Yeah. And then I started reading through some of the material, and I thought, well, this is why we're covering 13 through 19. We could have... I guess we could have split it down and done east of the Jordan and then west of the Jordan, but... Well, we debated about it and, and wondered if it would take us two weeks to do this. But I yeah. really, I mean, we're going to have to be more succinct in our, our teaching tomorrow, sure. which really is the plus of doing the podcast because we can dig a little bit more into some of the things we probably won't cover as much tomorrow mm-hmm. in the video teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of repetition Yeah, uh, there's, a, there's a, and then there's, then it moves fast too. And you could spend a lot of time on each one. The way you uh-huh. could do it is talking about kind of the history of those particular areas mm-hmm. that each tribe gets, as well as what a lot of those areas become. Mm-hmm. That would probably be quite interesting. Yeah. But for our purposes, it doesn't necessarily fit what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're, we're really trying to stay in this particular time period of the taking of the land and the the fulfillment of promise. But you could spend more time talking about how that promise blooms out Mm -hmm. in those tribes and areas um, kind of on a later date. Mm -hmm. Um, So you could make it 
stretch longer. Yeah. If you really wanted to. Yeah, yeah. If you I wanted mean, to. It, there are some very interesting stories in all of this. That and that's kind of the way and, we'll go with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're dividing up land. And I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. getting the overarching theme mm-hmm. of what is coming and... I guess you're you're seeing really for the very first time, like really the first time, what God promised back in Genesis to Abraham mm-hmm. actually start to take shape with boundaries yep. and real mm-hmm. delineation of tribes and all that. And I know, Becky, you said that you had some of that that you were going to take us through, and yeah. I'm maybe jumping ahead. Well, no, not necessarily. Uh, you mentioned the Genesis, so uh, it really starts in... I mean, I, there's probably smatterings of it before Genesis 12, but Genesis 12 is really where the promise uh, happens. It says in Genesis 12, kind of verse 5c, because verse 5 is really long. So uh, towards the end of it, when they, so Abraham and all of his family, had come to the land of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the Oak of Marah. Uh, at that time, the Canaanites were in the land, and we know through our reading, the Canaanites are still in the land right. at this point of Joshua, yep. well, until they've cleared them out, mostly. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And after that, they kind of travel down a little more, um, and Abram creates another altar, and they kind of look out on the space a little bit more. So Mm -hmm. that's where this initial promise of this area begins. Mm -hmm. And now here we are in Joshua, that that is being fulfilled. We are... It's no longer Abram that's looking out at this land. Now it is the the yes. thousands of Israelites that have come mm-hmm. from Abram mm-hmm. who are actually now taking the land as their own. They're not living as nomads anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not living as visitors in the land, which is what Jacob did. Mm-hmm. Now they are the um, inhabitants of, mm-hmm. and they can claim it as their own because it is first their gods. Right. right? So as... Um, uh, What's the word that we use when we talk about tithe? We are the... Um, stewards? We are the stewards. They become yes. the stewards of the land of God instead of just the sojourners through right. the land. Which okay. you make the, is a very short jump to look back at the Garden of Eden, that connection of what Adam and Eve were to the garden as stewards of that land. And now here we are in the promised land and stewards and mm-hmm. oh boy there's a whole other connection you can yeah. a whole other rabbit hole we could dive yeah. down with that yeah there's i want to bring one other genesis passage um and this one is between the lord and jacob so mm-hmm. in genesis chapter 35 9 through 12 this is what it said when god appeared to jacob again when he'd come from padam adam Uh, And he blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob. And this is where they change his name. No longer shall you be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he was called Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply, which he does. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you. And I will give the land to your offspring after you. Mm -hmm. So now here we are again. Jacob's sons are represented yeah. in these 12 tribes right. that are mm-hmm. going to be named in this section that we're talking about. The And it will be called 
they are the people of Israel. They are the mm-hmm. Israelites. Mm-hmm. Jacob's name changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's more fulfillment of that right now. Mm-hmm. They have been fruitful and multiplied. They will be fruitful and multiply some more and, and take more of the land. But here we are, another part of the promise that we can see is being fulfilled. So mm-hmm. it, to me, as dry as boundaries are, mm-hmm. and, and there's just no way to get around, like, they're really dry. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of boring and just you can bog down. If you pull yourself up, the excitement of the people of God as the land has being divided and your boundaries for your tribe is being laid out, that now, now it's it's yours. Right. You know, now the thing that you have your ancestors have told you about that you hoped for in the desert when you watched your older people die mm-hmm. so that you could get to this point and what you fought for for all these years now finally finally yeah. right so you yeah. can then you start to get the excitement mm-hmm. the eagerness the joy that mm-hmm. comes with how these people must have felt right and, and now it's not as dry Right. You know, one of the commentators I read on this section was talking about how, of course, after all of this waiting and the promise and the waiting and all that they've been through, of course, you're going to walk every aspect of this boundary and list every river and every town. Of course, you're going to be painfully detailed to mo- to the modern day reader. But because mm-hmm. of how special this is to them, of course, you're going to talk about all the specifics. And you don't get very far before you notice how specific Judah is. By the time we get to the and the rest of them, mm-hmm. it, it does go quite fast. But you still know their boundaries. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the maps you look at are very similar. Not, not many people draw different lines. Every yeah. once in a while, you might get a slight difference. But for the most part, everyone agrees about where these lands are and were. Yeah, and the only disagreements really come from a lot of the places that are listed within the scriptures are places that I guess to some point after that kind of got lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the boundaries are just a little bit hazy, mm-hmm. um, and and that's why people kind of question a little bit where exactly or was this a really a place you just got to kind of take. Plus, lands got named different things too. Right. Sure. And some places were had kind of the same name in the north and maybe really similar to something in the south. So it can get confusing. So what I told you, I was drawing on a map. I was trying to read the scripture and draw out the boundary lines, part because I thought it was interesting and part because I didn't want to get – I didn't want my eyes to glaze over. Right. Um, <laughs> but it was really difficult because the, I was missing some cities, and I had yeah. kind of a really old map. Yeah. Um, at the same time, so I was cheating with a picture on my computer of one mm-hmm. that was already drawn. If I right. got super confused, um, but there are some places that are just not. Oh yeah, they're not known anymore yeah. or anything. Some stuff gets kind of lost, but yeah, for the most part, they're mm-hmm. similar. Right. So, and I mean, the the reality is, yes, uh, things like reading, you know, land grant mm-hmm. documents from the clerk of court. You know, in today's day and age, mm-hmm. not your average everyday Joe is going to say, oh, wow, this is fascinating. Right. Until, I mean, let, let's make this connection to why this is important for them and it's mm-hmm. important to us. But, I mean, how popular is Ancestry.com right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and people going. And now, all those documents that are just really dry and really boring, it just says that uh-huh. 
you know, so-and-so was their, their plot of land was this here and it's got these geographical coordinates on, <coughs> on it and everything. Mm-hmm. But now you're vested in it. Right. Good and, point. And so you're saying, yeah. oh, this is actually interesting. And mm-hmm. I think if we make that hop to, these are my people too. Mm-hmm. The the Israelites, they're my people too. And mm-hmm. and I think I was saying earlier that when you start looking at the names, pay attention to the names. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a tool that you can do is you can start writing these names down and track them backwards. Mm-hmm to trace this genealogy and it starts the, the picture starts coming into more focus mm-hmm. and then you start to see why these names that are hard to pronounce it mm-hmm. why it matters you know mm-hmm. sure that this person got this that person got that mm-hmm. and and we begin to see that the book of Joshua in this section of it is not just this thing that exists in isolation mm-hmm. in this really boring part mm-hmm. It helps complete the story. There's a reason why it's here, and yeah. it's here to help complete the story if we're willing to look for mm-hmm. it. One other element of uh, commentator that I read, you know, we we really haven't touched on necessarily who the author of Joshua is. It's, there's some <laughs> we, we call it Joshua. We mm-hmm. say it's Joshua. It, it's not. I mean, you can't write his own death scene, you know, kind of thing. So, <laughs> but we just think of it that way. Um, and Doug has continuously asked us, "Well, who's the author?" Well, one mm-hmm. commentator made a very interesting statement in regard to this section of the book that. It was likely that it was um, the author was someone who was living in the exile period. Mm-hmm. So they're not living in the promised land anymore. They've been carted off, uh, probably during the Babylonian time, in mm-hmm. no sense, because the Assyrians decimated the northern kingdom. So, so then again, if you think about it, of the author's intent to write these boundaries, it's because they lost them. Mm. And he's going back to the promise that God gave. We we actually were given the land. Mm-hmm. Here are our boundaries. Here is here is the, we had the opportunity to live into it. We lost it, but we believe and we trust that God is going to get us back to that place. And these boundaries will be redrawn. redrawn. The promise will be renewed. It mm-hmm. has never been lost to us. I mean, you right. know, like God has never given up on it. We have given yeah. up on it. But the the excitement is that. This is still our land yeah. because God fulfilled that promise from this stretch of time mm-hmm. when he first promised Abram to when we get to Joshua. And now we're beyond mm-hmm. the conquered time, living in exile. Mm-hmm. That's still our land that God has mm-hmm. promised for us. So when you look at it in that regard, too, yeah. it's very mm. powerful and different mm-hmm. Absolutely. way to read this. Yeah. He's The author is saying not just for the excitement of the people who took it at the time, but for us who are waiting to go back to it. Wow. Yeah, that... It's a new spin on it. It does. So much of this book isn't even about the battle. It's about the land itself. I mean, it's got the name Joshua, and it's often talked about as the the book of holy war, but really, Mm -hmm. that is just a small piece. So much more of this deals with the land itself. Mm -hmm. And the, the land itself and the allotments within that. And even in that, one of the things that that uh, Marie and I had kind of talked about, especially as we've been preparing for this week, is in the midst of all the kind of dry of the allotments are actually some really great nuggets of mm. of story of people mm-hmm. and 
so it, again, it goes back to it's not necessarily the battles that are happening. Those aren't mm-hmm. really the most significant portions, right? You know, in this war book, it's not really a war book. You know, no. I mean, it's, those things happen, mm-hmm. and we're having to wrestle with what God is doing in the midst of those things and asking his people to do and what happened to the Canaanites. And that's just a hard struggle. But at the same time, even in the taking of the land, it's about the people mm-hmm. yeah. and their relationship with God, not as much of just land boundaries mm-hmm. or just a battle. Those really do become quite secondary mm-hmm. as you read this book in this full thread. And Joshua has taken on a whole new kind of view for me mm-hmm. as I've spent time in it. And oh, yeah. Some of those struggles and questions are still there, but it is not the book that I had initially kind of thought it yeah. was as we've spent more time in mm-hmm. it. It's mm-hmm. still a lot more fascinating. Oh, yeah. And we, th- we thought, well, it's going to be, we're talking about all these wars and the Holy War and the yeah. whatever, but there's such good, oh, yeah. such good stuff. In mm-hmm. Such good stuff. And another commentator I read said this is one of the places where people, you know, if you're doing like a read through the Bible, yeah. this is a lot of places where people get stuck and they just yeah. kind of quit mm-hmm. because of all the battle and the land. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it can be. So, yeah. but if you read it with the intent of something else to kind of really see God in the midst of it, yes. then those things really, you don't get caught up in that and get bored. Yeah. You know, or close your Bible because of it right. or whatever. And that's the point where, you know, periodically we touch on reading the Bible and how to get, you know, get through Bibles and commentaries when you are a lay person. Mm-hmm. And that's when, when you're getting bogged down in that and they killed all these people and they killed all these people and stuff like that. When you can go and dig into commentaries, mm-hmm. there are so many available online at Bible Hub and places like that. Yeah. Um, that you can get insight that you might have missed out. And it's not that the Bible can't teach you something just as it stands. Obviously, it can. Right. But when you hit those places where it's you're struggling, that's mm-hmm. when it's it's good to dig further and try to get to the root of things. And to have people that you can talk to about what you're reading. Mm-hmm. People you can bounce ideas off of. And Well, I, I think that the the commentaries are very useful uh and i think the place that they they come into play the most is when you're really struggling to find where god is in a certain thing mm-hmm. because i mean let's face it we are without a doubt missing a bunch of the cultural understanding sure. unless you have spent hours upon hours upon hours or even years mm-hmm. upon years studying the culture of these people right. there's so much of it that you just don't understand because you don't know what you don't know and so that's when you rely on these people yes scripture in my opinion is written for every man yes every person um, you're fine we knew what you meant uh, yeah and so it's not meant to be overly complicated, mm-hmm. but what makes it complicated is when there's pieces that were understood by the writers and the people who it was mm-hmm. written for. We just we're missing those people, mm-hmm. those pieces. Yeah, and that's to me when the commentaries really help because sure. it can say, 
And, and this is important because in that time, or, mm-hmm. or, or you really get to draw that parallel mm-hmm. and see into lives of people mm-hmm. who are living then and right. that culture. Just make sure you read more than one. Just make sure you read more than one. varied type of author. How many times? We can't say that enough. Uh, no, it's, it's easy to find one that you agree with and stick with that. Mm-hmm. And it's also easy to get seriously tripped up if you come across somebody who is throwing out things that is hard to believe. Just, just because people have spent time with it and written about it doesn't mean they're right. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't make us right on everything no. we come here with. No, so I've is, gotten stuff yeah. wrong plenty of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the beauty of this, what we do around this table is... We're asking those questions because we admit that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of leveraging on what you've read, what, what the, the questions that I come up with, mm-hmm. what you've read. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so yeah. it, it's important uh, that the more informed we are, I think the better questions we have to mm-hmm. ask. And once you start asking the right questions, that's when it really starts coming alive. Mm-hmm. And and asking the questions of why is this important mm-hmm. helps it to come alive that much more. Mm-hmm. Sure. You really come to know the character of God. And when right. you understand the character of God, you love him more. That's We get teased for sticking around in the Old Testament <laughs> so much. But the stories are so rich. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, Caleb is an incredible story of faith. I mean, on the same line as David, when David goes to face Goliath and he says... I've got this. God took care of me with the Mm -hmm. lion. He'll take care of me with Mm -hmm. this. I mean, that is Caleb as an 85-year-old man saying, I want that land where all the giants are. I'll take it. I got this. I may be 85. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And he does. And he takes maybe even a little bit more than that. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the stories that come to life in the Old Testament are incredible. And if you you look, you'll see Jesus in all of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. doubt. Yeah. It so is unified. You said you had some questions for us, Kyle. As, uh, I guess especially because this is such a large section yeah. uh, that we're kind of going over. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to hear what some of your questions are, if maybe Marie and I can help you. Maybe we can answer Or maybe, maybe we we'll can't. be like, nah, we, uh, we got that same question. <laughs> I, I forgot to write them down. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's just uh, I have some the questions. Y'all were talking about Caleb. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And how he was 85. I mean, you were kind of yeah talking about Caleb he, a little bit there. He's funny. Mm-hmm. He's this old guy who is, I'm going to go to battle and take this land. It doesn't matter that I'm this age. Mm-hmm. I, I'm perfectly fit for battle. And then you've got Ephraim and Manasseh, like one chapter later, just like you hear this whiny, pardon me, whiny teenager voice. <laughs> I don't want to clean my room kind of thing, yeah. except it's I don't want to take the forest, but I need more land. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. like, ugh. You compare that, you put them up against Caleb, yeah. and there's just no contest. It mm-hmm. reminds me of when um, my grandfather, my dad's dad, was, was still going to the gym when he was a little bit younger, but in his older years, mm-hmm. and would whoop up on some of the younger guys in his older age. <laughs> and it was just, it was, it, that he rem- it reminds me of Caleb in a way. Yeah. Just, but that comparison. And he's such an interesting figure, kind of nestled in the middle of the book of Joshua that I didn't know about. I mean, I obviously know about Caleb, but Mm -hmm. I didn't 
didn't know this portion of the story mm-hmm. that's nestled in chapter 14 and 15 about mm-hmm. him. And because he gets lost, you know, after after he and Joshua scout out the land early back in numbers, in, yeah. back in numbers, mm-hmm. and the, the two of them are the only ones that of all of these people are like, no, 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 the land is great. We need to just we we need to have faith in mm. God and mm-hmm. go take the land. Yeah. And Caleb kind of fades into the background. Which is so funny because he is the one that did all the talking when they came back. Mm -hmm. And Caleb's the one that like shushed the people and said, no, no, you're wrong. We can do this. And Joshua's just kind of there. But we always hear Joshua and Caleb. Right. Because Mm -hmm. Joshua's got his own book. Yeah. But it was Caleb who was the outspoken one. And Joshua, like I said, is just kind of there. Mm Mm-hmm. And you and I talked about the difference between the two of them, mm-hmm. and because we, we were kind of like, well, they seem to be around the same, uh, likely around the same age. Yeah. Why did Joshua become the one who was the apprentice to Moses, mm-hmm. and, and who then is Caleb in the midst of all of this? What was his role? And when we started this study of Joshua, one of the things that I said was, I really believe that Joshua's um, gifts and talents were for kind of such a time. Mm -hmm. He was obviously has proven himself to be a leader, a strategist, strategist, uh, (laughs) (laughs) strategist, whatever, Uh, and and thinks in that he was the the right leader for the right time. So it's it's almost like he's the military brains. While it seems that potentially, likely, Caleb is kind of the military brawn. Yes. Because I think they were still a team together, even though we don't get very much information of Caleb until he kind of pulls right. up. But this little nugget of him, mm-hmm. on the front end when we kind of see him you yeah. know, as a spy, and then this back end where he is saying, God has promised me this land, which I read in a few commentaries, and I don't know if you did, mm-hmm. where there's no actual recording of this promise that that Caleb it's not specifically says. Hebron but yeah. God does say and I would I don't have my notes with me it's in numbers okay. Caleb was faithful Caleb your people will walk mm-hmm. the land yeah and so it's not a specifically I'm going to give you cities mm-hmm. but yeah I read that too um, so, so he, that maybe there was conversation that happened that was not specifically mm-hmm. recorded in numbers but well he holds on to it and he yeah. faithfully kind of goes in boldly and it's like hey God said this thing to me, and I believe it to be true, and so I'm going to pursue it. Mm-hmm. And he's and he says, and nothing's going to hold me back from it. Like not even my age. Don't discriminate against me mm-hmm. because of my age. This was the promise that was given to me. I'm going to step into that promise. I'm going to take that promise, mm-hmm. and uh, because that's what God said. Yeah. Um. And mm-hmm. and. There's the difference to some degree. Numbers 14. Numbers 14. Is, is the promise. When, is the promise to Caleb. What does it say? So, but my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. So maybe, you know, the, the specific section of land. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't imagine that all the spies went out and were like a team of spies. They probably all went in their own little ways and then came back and whatever. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this is... That's the land that he entered and said, no, we got it Yeah, back in numbers. Right. And so he's saying, no, I've been here before. God said I could have it. Yeah. This yeah. is mine. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a small leap. Doesn't really matter. But I think it, 
it helps paint the picture it does. a little better yeah. as to why Caleb says, I want to go here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he takes it. Yeah. And he takes it. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that's very interesting, I think, is that what is clear is what we've constantly said. The land is God's to give. Mm-hmm. The, the promise is his to fulfill and give to us. And then we have a responsibility to then take. You can't just, mm-hmm. you know, faith is not about just uh, receiving. At some point, you have to walk out on faith. There is an right. action right. that goes along with it. So mm-hmm. for the people, they receive the land, but they still have to take the land. They have mm-hmm. to clear the land. They have to settle the land and build mm-hmm. homes and whatever else. We see Caleb really boldly, like, like saying, this is the promise that God gave me. I'm going to declare that I believe that promise and then go take yeah. what I was promised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do everything I need to do to live into that promise. I will, my faith is going to be acted out. Kind of as long as you just say, all right, go. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay, so what you're saying is that James's idea in the New Testament is an Old Testament idea of if you're going to have faith, you better act it out. Yes. There's our New Testament tie-in for today. <laughs> well, the tie-in yes. is always, it's, it's always this was Jesus' it's, Bible. Right, right yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if you want to so, irritate I mean, that, a pastor, but, then they say, who wrote that book? You can always say Jesus. But, but every everything you were just saying there, yeah. it, it rang to that. that, that yeah. Today, if we're, if we're going to have faith, our faith without us actually living that faith out mm-hmm. is just empty words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we see after the taking of the land, there's some empty words, yeah. too, because they don't fully clear out. Most of the territories don't fully no. clear out their land. Nope. Mm-hmm. And they will lose pieces of it or they will be Canaanites will, or however the otherites will <laughs> inhabit pieces of it that eventually become the downfall mm-hmm. of the people of God. Because when we, when we turn the page from Joshua to judges, oh, yeah. it's horrendous mm-hmm. and it doesn't take very long. And so they don't, there is work on our part. You know, mm-hmm. it's not, had a conversation with somebody not long ago about following God is not about the work that I can do. That's not what gets me to God. That's right. not what of that's course. not what holds yeah. me to mm-hmm. God. Like he he doesn't count my work. But my work, my my what comes out of my faith is that work that continues to push me towards God, pull me towards God, however you want to explain mm-hmm. it. It is that outflowing. Yeah. If you do not have the outflowing, there will be a separation and a distance between mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and God. God doesn't have the checklist of Becky did this today and this today and this right. today and this today. Her works have got her in a good, she's one day closer to heaven or anything. <laughs> Another jewel in your crown. Um, although I do believe that jewel's my crown. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't believe that. But I have a responsibility, you know? I can't mm-hmm. just sit back and let it all happen to me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not how this yeah. faith journey works. Mm-hmm. Well, God invites us into active participation in what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing exactly what you're saying, then mm-hmm. are we really 
being who God has called us to be. Right. And there's obedience to that, too, that is difficult Mm -hmm. on our part. But that obedience uh, draws us closer. The people's disobedience Mm -hmm. lost them land. Ultimately, we lost half, more than half the nation of the people of God when we get Mm -hmm. to the divided nation Mm -hmm. and then the conquering of Mm -hmm. the northern kingdom and all that kind of stuff. And even today... That land, and it's just an example because it's it's not about the land any, mm-hmm. necessarily anymore, but that land is being fought over. Mm-hmm. And our relationship with Jesus is being fought over in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So we have to we have to put something in mm-hmm. to continue to get something out as well. But the putting something in is the recognition that we get more, even mm-hmm. more out of mm-hmm. it because god's not going to stop giving right right but so the people had to have action and then we find out what happens when they don't have action mm-hmm. but caleb is a great example of someone who oh yeah is action of stepping into the faith and it's very bold yeah. of god yeah mm-hmm. and he and joshua even have kind of have that in common that boldness we talked about mm-hmm. last week mm-hmm. with the day the earth stood still or did it and um but that prayer that Joshua prayed was so bold. And you see that same type of boldness in Caleb of, we've got this because God's on our side. Mm-hmm. That bold trust mm-hmm. is such a beautiful example for everyone today. Do you really trust God as you step into this next thing, whatever it is for you? Mm-hmm. Do you really trust that if God's with you, you can take that land mm-hmm. or whatever, so to speak? And I, I think for a lot of us today, we we struggle with that kind of bold faith. We are pushed. There's so much pushback on that these days mm-hmm. that, you know, we don't step on toes and we don't mm-hmm. call out things like sin. And we really don't talk about the Holy Spirit. There's so much pushback in the faith today. Of It's fine if you want to do that, but you do that over there quietly. Mm-hmm. And we are invited into a boldness yeah. Jesus said, Great Commission, you go out yeah. and you take my name to the ends of the earth. We mm-hmm. are still taking, it's just not land, it's souls mm-hmm. for the cause of Jesus Christ. That is, the warfare is spiritual now. And we live in such a time that there is a pushback to be timid and quiet and sin is not a thing anymore. Don't talk to people about that because then they won't come back. So much of this that we need to look at the Caleb's of this world mm-hmm. and be bold to stand back. And if people call us on it and are mad at us for it, it means we're doing it right. Yeah, yeah. And I want to draw a parallel as well between Caleb and Rahab. You know, when we started yeah. the started this book in chapter two, and we met Rahab, and we've kind of questioned, well, how much how much should Rahab really know what what was her faith necessarily Mm -hmm. like in the things that she boldly proclaims about god at the time so so the difference then is maybe rahab is in her early understanding while caleb we know has what 40 50 60 years or longer however long of being in the presence in the relationship with Mm -hmm. yahweh both were bold right Mm -hmm. both were bold to proclaim what they knew at the time to be true and then to continue to grow in those things. And we've got one who is not 
an Israelite at all. And then we've got one who, well, there's debate, honestly, if Caleb was an Israelite. Mm -hmm. So they could be even more similar Mm -hmm. in that regard is um, these two potential people who are not even born into the faith with blood uh, rowing, going through their veins yeah. of generations of Israelites mm-hmm. of the faith mm-hmm. who are stepping into the boldness from where they are. And I, I say that just because I think that one of the problems about Christianity, people who are, are Christ followers, is that people think I need to be I need to do X, Y, Z at this point, and I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so they just don't do anything. You need to be bold at where you're at, where God and you are right then. Mm-hmm. And then as you grow, maybe your boldness grows to a different place. Mm-hmm. But we are too afraid that we need to be more, as the youth says, we got to be extra somehow <laughs> I, I think extra I learned is, a lot of I learned a lot of things I prob, I'm probably not using it correctly I don't think it's a good thing whatever. to be extra whatever well they're not being extra so <laughs> that's the problem um, but we should be you be bold of where you are yeah and then grow in that faith and I, I come back to you because it's just such a good visual for me I mean mentioning John Wesley and the understanding his understanding of grace you know mm, and so yeah there's the prevenient grace, which is the, the grace that goes before. There is the justifying grace. So when you're thinking about a house, so you're thinking about prevenient grace as the outside of the house. Yeah. Justifying grace is that moment where you decide to step through, mm-hmm. in, through the threshold of mm-hmm. the house. You've yeah. been out on the porch, and you've decided to step through that, that beautiful moment of justifying grace where you accept Jesus. Sanctifying grace is the, is the rest of your journey of exploring the house. Mm-hmm. Are you bold enough to go into the kitchen? Are you, are you bold enough now to, to go into the bedroom? Are you bold enough now to move into the next? That's what sanctifying grace is. It's mm-hmm. the rest of your life of pushing through the house and exploring the new pieces of the house. Right. And so you live into and are as bold as you are standing in the foyer. Mm. And then you're as bold as you are once you've gotten to the living room. Yeah. And then you're as bold as you are once you've gotten to wherever the next place of the house is and you're sanctifying grace. And that's what we see in the difference of Rahab's at the threshold. You know, she's she's maybe kind of on the cusp either of justifying grace or has just stepped through the door. Who knows? We don't know. But Caleb has been exploring the house. And they're bold yeah. in proclaiming who God is where they are, yeah. which is who we're supposed to be as Christ followers. So this is what we pick up from, mm. see, this this beautiful thread in this book of Joshua, mm-hmm. I didn't know was there. Yeah. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. It's almost it's almost a better story if Josh or if Caleb is not an Israelite in a way. Yeah. Because <laughs> what, yeah. a, what a call to mm-hmm. us who are grafted in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that but maybe he was and that's something we'll kind of get into more later but um when we teach on thursday we'll get into that more but it, caleb's a fascinating character who in my opinion doesn't get enough screen time right <laughs> yeah i'd like to know more about caleb yep so so my question now is as as we're we've kind of talked about caleb here mm-hmm. We move through the rest of these several chapters. Mm-hmm. It's more than several. Uh, <laughs> Don't um, worry. All the way through chapter 19, and we start seeing the tribes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the land that is given to them. And 
And really, I mean, it looks like when you start in chapter 15, mm-hmm. outside of just a couple of side stories of mm-hmm. this here and that, you're really just getting the land grants here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get in the boundary and, lines. And yeah. especially and when you get to the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. Um, they move really quickly. They move that, really that quickly. That is classic like, Joshua, too, yeah. right? Yeah. We've seen this over and over in our story mm-hmm. where we'll be painstaking. I mean, the tribe mm-hmm. of Judah allotment is painstaking. We it's know every repeated. inch of that yeah. boundary. But when by the time you get to, you know, Naphtali, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah and he was over there. And Asher and <laughs> yeah. They were over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I do find it interesting that we were talking earlier, and I couldn't remember, but we, we do have the lines and the tribes here that are, um, what's the word I'm looking for, established right uh, now with the land of Benjamin, where mm-hmm. Saul comes from eventually, and the mm-hmm. land of Judah uh, which is where David comes from. And, David and... Uh, of course, we, we know one of Jesus's other titles is the Lion of Judah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so we're seeing the building blocks of the rest of the story yeah. as it comes through. And uh, I'm curious to know, because I haven't done all of the reading, all of these smaller little lands... Mm-hmm. Where are they, north, south, and the ones that kind of disappeared? Because we pretty much lost completely the northern kingdom. Yeah, so we Mm -hmm. lose 10 of the 12 tribes Mm -hmm. when the Assyrians come in and and cart off the north. So what's left is Benjamin and Judah. Okay. Is that right? Benjamin and well, Judah? Simeon is inside, inside of Judah. Maybe so Judah. is it just Maybe kind of absorbed? Well, Judah. because th- consider that once David is king, sure Benjamin gets things it. do look yeah. different. I was looking at a map, and uh, the whole Mediterranean coast is lost to our people by that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the uh, Philistines and then Phoenicia above them, and mm-hmm. I don't think any of that territory belongs to the Israelites yeah. anymore. Yeah. And so we are not all the way down to the Wadi of Egypt no. at that point either. Mm-hmm. So even with David, consider that the land has shrunk. Yes. And then you get the division. And so the northern kingdom is called Israel, and the southern kingdom is called Judah. Mm-hmm. And so in that southern kingdom, mm-hmm. I don't know off the top of my head which tribes. If that point, Simeon's just kind of been absorbed into Judah. Okay, Mm so I need to go back again, but isn't Jerusalem in Benjamin? I think so. Probably? So I I do wonder if Simeon gets kind of absorbed to some degree within Mm -hmm. Judah. And so it's not necessarily that it's... The ten are lost. Maybe it's considered nine. But I thought mm-hmm. Benjamin. I thought Jerusalem was in Benjamin. We we keep that portion, or it could be in the top. I think of it's Judah. just they're not. Really, I don't have my map sitting. They're with me, not really so. divided anymore at that point. It's just Judah and Israel, and yeah. um, so. See, but Jerusalem was the capital so, of yeah. the nation at the time. So right. wherever Jerusalem finally lays, which I Jerusalem thought was is in, on the border between Benjamin and, and Judah. So they may, you know, it, one of the things about that you kind of notice about the boundaries is there's a little bit of flexibility too, and the reason for that I read from one person, which I, I can get behind, is 
there are some areas of the land that are very clear. It's a really clear boundary. And then mm-hmm. there's some when you read it that it's like Jerusalem kind of gets shared by these two or this one gets shared by these two. The idea of that right. was that um, God has started with 12 tribes that he's going to make one nation. Right. So mm-hmm. he there's a flexibility to the boundaries because I don't want... God doesn't want you to get too stuck on what your area is and mm-hmm. me too stuck on what my area is because we are one nation. Yeah. So we still share. And whatever resources you have in your tribal area, I may need some mm-hmm. of. So there's that's why there's some kind of sharing, overlapping flexibility because mm-hmm. this was 12 tribes that was going to become one full nation, one complete at some point, and um, we needed they needed to see themselves mm-hmm. as that. So that so we got Naphtali and Ish Ishkar or whatever. We've mm-hmm. got um, uh, we're going to talk about Dan in just a second. Asher, Ishkar, um, Zebulon. Those are mm-hmm. all in the northern part. Yeah. Anyway, it would appear in looking at my maps, kingdoms of Israel and Judah. Judah's just Judah. Yeah. They're, all the other, and Simeon has just been absorbed into that. Yeah. yeah. All the other, all the other land yeah. is the land of Israel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even at this point, at the is, kingdoms of Israel and Judah, at the point of this map, we've lost a good chunk of the northern anyway. Yeah. And remember, the east side, too... That yes. gets lost in it as well. And I don't know if something necessarily... We'd have to continue reading, obviously, yeah. of Scripture to see what has... Part of it's still there them, as but, Israel. Yeah. But definitely a chunk of it in the northern part has been lost to somebody. Is Syria, I guess? It is Assyria. The Babylonians mm-hmm. take so, the rest of us off later on. All of the Mediterranean... Now, this map shows that Israel has the Mediterranean coastline. Mediterranean Sea. When God maps out the land, he gives them all the pieces of the full land. But he says, like in early chapter 13, there's still some places that have to be taken, and I'll take care of those. But the problem is is that while God is faithful to continue to conquer what needs to be conquered, the people are not. So they never take certain, they don't always go, they don't go all the way down to the Wadi of Egypt. They don't go all the way up to the mountains of Lebanon. They don't take all of that coastline that's supposed to be and was given Mm -hmm. when the boundaries were drawn, but Mm -hmm. they never conquer all of it. And and we know that coastline Gaza Strip is still a fight. That was where the Philistines, Mm -hmm. right? And it's Mm -hmm. two days still a fight about who mm-hmm. owns that land. Yeah. So you're going to see these boundaries as we go through Joshua. And that was the ideal. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can have all of that. You have to go take it. Yes. And so what they actually settle versus what is promised mm-hmm. is not the same. It's not the yeah. same. It's not It's not all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the northern kingdom gets taken away, and it's mm-hmm. it's all it's all of all of these. It's all of the tribes except for Judah, and I guess at that point Simeon's just absorbed into yeah. Judah. Yeah. And I guess because Benjamin kind of sits on that corner. Benjamin, you know, so. Kind of in the middle Benjamin it's, was north of Jerusalem. Jerusalem yeah. was yeah. a southern border. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Benjamin is part of the northern kingdom, Israel, according to this map. All gone. All gone. Never to be heard of again, which is a. It's kind of sad. I mean, all the work that God did preparing the land for them and basically the people just kind of squandered it. Not very many generations after they mm-hmm. take it. Yeah. 
No. I don't know how many They're not there very kind long. of generations judges lasts. Because I, I haven't really spent a lot of time in judges. I don't know if anybody knows because we've assumed there's more judges than just the ones that are talked about. But the sad fact Some is Some of them that, are going on at the same time. Yeah. The, the sad fact is when you think about when they become one full nation under Saul, even though he doesn't completely unite them all, then we have David who mm-hmm. does this beautiful mm-hmm. unite. And they were, they were working on taking the rest of the land mm-hmm. under David. Yeah. Then Solomon, and Solomon continues that campaign to take the land, and he builds the temple, and he really settles Jerusalem to be this majestic and very fortified capital. But Solomon did some things wrong, too. Mm -hmm. And after that, the land splits, and within, I think, two generations after that, I have to go back, we've lost the northern kingdom completely. Yeah. It's a huge piece of land. It's not that long. Yeah. That they, in the grand you know, scheme of things. In the grand scheme of things, well, yes, especially in the grand scheme of the story of the people mm-hmm. of God, it's not that long at all before they lose what they have gotten here. Mm-hmm. Just another reminder, it's not their stuff. It's not yeah. our stuff. And, right. and we look at how brutal those battles were, but the land isn't the Canaanites. It's God's. And they were behaving in very sinful ways, mm-hmm. and God runs them out. I think Leviticus says the land vomited yeah. them out. Yeah. Well, Israelites yeah. didn't do what they were supposed to do, and they, it's not mm-hmm. their land either. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so they get run off from it. Yeah. Um, so, Becky, do you have? I know you've got more notes. I don't know if you have things left to address today, or if we pretty much dealt with it all. Uh, I mean, mean, there's so much more. Yeah, there's so much. We're never going to cover all of it. Honestly, we're never going to cover all of it in one podcast or even one lesson tomorrow. You could come at this this. book from so many angles. Mm -hmm. I understand that now. Yeah, I do too. And I guess the only other thing that I would say is I I mentioned Dan really briefly that I think we should kind of talk about for just a second. And and maybe we'll talk about it a little Mm -hmm. bit tomorrow. But um, Dan is a very interesting (laughs) – it's the last one mentioned. And it's interesting because they never actually take their land. Okay. They lose it so quickly. And then they kind of take other land and name it Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you didn't see that, God. Yeah. You didn't see where we like messed it up over there, right. and we fi- we, we fixed it. Mm-hmm. When Scripture tells us that, and, and this would lend itself also to the idea of the author being uh, in captivity. Because mm-hmm. really where they lose the land is mentioned in Judges. Yeah. which is, it's like a, a, a middle chapter, 14, 15, 16, something like that, where it tells the story how, of how the tribe of Dan loses their land and then has to go conquer a, kind of another area, and they name it Dan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like a slide of hand. Right. Like, nobody notices you screwed up. Yeah. Um, and so that, so it would mean then that the author is using judges coming back to Joshua to kind of make a statement of the allotment of land. Everybody knew it you mm-hmm. know, already mm-hmm. because how else would you know that Dan messed up? Right. Messed up yeah. bad, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and a lot of the other ones will kind of say a little bit of, even in theirs of like, well, they, there's this boundary didn't, there was somebody who didn't, they didn't conquer or whatever. Mm-hmm. This one still has some people or whatever. But Dan is the only one that messes up to this extent mm-hmm. that they are kind of listed and it, they're the last set beyond the inheritance of Joshua, which ends out our our section. But 
they're just, look, I read it. Judges 18 is where it's written mm-hmm. the, the story of how Dan loses their stuff. Um, <laughs> and then just renames something else. So they're just unique in a different way. Okay. Um, that I think we should take a minute to talk about because they're the, they are the exception in a, a, a very, very different way. Gotcha. Would you like to know what my Bible says about yeah. where they ended up? Yeah. I'm looking at Judges. So they, um, of course, pretty much every chapter of Judges opens with, in those days, Israel had no king. And so they're seeking a place of their own where they might settle because they had not yet come into the inheritance. Here we are in Judges 18, and they still haven't gone <laughs> well, and done what they're and supposed to do. So, here's, so the, here's the thing, just to, just to stop you for just yeah. a second. The tribe of Dan, when you look at the map, is... Um, on the border of the water of the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. yes, right mm-hmm. above the land of the Philistines, and yeah. I think they probably took a portion of the Philistine land, which we know mm-hmm. from the Book of Joshua has not been conquered yet. Mm-hmm. My assumption then is they never took it because they were frightened of the Philistines. Yeah, well, they didn't trust God, and and you had to really hold that land because it's a port. Yeah. Hmm. And they, they yeah. didn't trust God to do it. Okay, yeah. continue on. So they came to Laish, L-A-I-S-H. Yeah. Modern Tell Dan. Mm-hmm. We've been there. What happened in Tell Dan? <laughs> it's way north. It is way uh-huh. north. That is where the false altar got built yeah. that started the northern uh-huh. kingdom and their whole crash and burn. Are we sure that it's the that's same Tel says. Dan, though? I mean, but a here's city the at thing. The foot that, of, okay, okay, that's fair. A city at the foot of Mount Hermon. Because there may have been another Tel Dan. That's a good point. I, all thought, right, all right. I thought there was another oh, Tel Dan okay. in the south. Okay, this is, where's Mount Hermon? We went to the north one, though. No, we Mount Hermon is in the... Hang on, hang on, in the north. I really need to... Mount Hermon's in the north. Spend a lot of time looking at a map. Oh, how interesting would that be if that all lines up? Because that's where the false altar got built that started mm-hmm. them down yep. the whole path of Assyria which, coming in and carting them off forever. And then we notice... That was under... Probably started with a it J. Was, it was, yeah, <laughs> Jeroboam. It was Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And it yeah. was it was right when the, the, the kingdom split after Solomon. So Jeroboam is in the north. Rehoboam has Jerusalem. Jeroboam says, oh, you guys don't all have to go to Jerusalem to worship. Mm-hmm. We'll just build a little altar up here in the north, and you can just come up here. Just, we're just going to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. And God is like, whoa, yeah. I didn't give you permission. You are still, even though I've given you permission to divide, I never gave you permission to create right. another place of worship. He didn't, uh-huh. And he didn't just build the an altar. The temple is still it. Yeah. He built an idol. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he says, this will be our representation yeah. of God. I mean, it was, oh, it was so bad. Incorporate those. There's Dan and I. Well, and <laughs> what tribe isn't listed in Revelation? Yes, that's what we talked about yesterday. Dan. Dan is Dan. Not, deli- not listed in Revelation oh, as one of the tribes. man. They were so disobedient. And didn't Doug say yesterday there is an assumption or a belief that the Antichrist comes out of Dan? <laughs> and I don't really know. This is, we're getting, this is why I don't study Revelation. Yeah. Because this I'm like, oh my gosh, conversation of antichrist i don't even know i don't i'm not ready to wrap my brain around that but <laughs> so you gotta put I a mean, tinfoil hat on for that one i don't know i don't know fresh out of foil um, but according to revelation dan is not mentioned at all mm-hmm. he's a tribe mm-hmm. yes that was oh that's right okay it was a uh Irenaeus, a writer an old 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 long ago writer mm-hmm. that makes that suggestion okay about the antichrist coming out of dan 
which I mean, apparently at this point, you can't find a more disobedient tribe. Yeah. They didn't take their land. They went up north and they founded the city that just ended it all for the northern kingdom. That is true because yeah. after that, wow. it's not long after that that they get all decimated in the north. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Jeroboam starts it. Well, I guess Dan starts it and Jeroboam until Dan. So they were supposed to take a whole swath of land and they wound up settling for one city up Super north. far away. Yeah. That's really far yeah. away from there. Their land mm-hmm. is down here over by Judah and the Philistines, and they're at the tip. Yeah, because... Oh, I, mean, I want to dig into point. this further and make sure that I've got that straight. This might be in way the off base. coming episode, Going Deeper, <laughs> we talk about Dan in further detail. See, it's even more interesting. <laughs> oh, love man, the that, Bible. Oh, all that lines up. How fascinating. Right. So fascinating. So where are okay, we headed we're done. next week? Let's... I don't even we, know anymore. We are. <laughs> I am, I'm on deck for next week. Yeah, that's right. We that's are, right. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about yeah. land distribution, but mm-hmm. it's the distribution of the Levites need to get their cities. Right. And Levites mm-hmm. are not, you know, they're not the tribe that gets a, a, a boundary. They, mm-hmm. the Levites will get pieces in each tribe. Right. Because they need to be in each tribe to help continue to, yeah. to tell the yeah. story, to be the voice of God in that space. And who are the Levites? The, they are the priests. They are the correct? priests. Yes. Right. Yes. So we will talk about the Levites land. We will talk about the cities of refuge. Mm-hmm. We will talk about the man slayer. Is that that? Is that the next blood week? something or other? <laughs> I think so. I think you're right. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, that's we're, right. we're, we're going to talk a, about the man slayer and mm-hmm. the blood What's it called? I can't remember oh, right now. Don't, um, don't anyway. Don't um, so those are what we're going to talk about next week. So okay. it's a, we'll be pulling from other books for yeah. some of that. And, yeah, and we've really only got Avenger many, of Blood. After this episodes? one, there's three more. Three more. So we are quickly approaching the end of season one yeah. of Going Deeper, mm. and uh, I can't wait for next week and the weeks to come because really once you get to the end of the book of Joshua there's some really fascinating stuff happening so I'm excited for y'all out there who are listening and watching if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe iTunes, Spotify Google Play Google Podcasts, they're changing the name of it I don't know what it is, Podbean all those places and on YouTube And I guess that's it for this week. We will see y'all next time.